What's up, folks? This is Tony Brown, Aaron Dotson, a special guest, Todd Clippard. And we have had some very difficult uh, technical difficulties this morning. We apologize for uh, being several minutes late, uh, but with Restream has decided to do something really weird. And yeah, that's about all we've got. Today, we're going to be talking about the Catholic Church. Is the Catholic Church the one true church? And to, to dig right in so we don't waste any of your time uh, or any more of it, I want to read the message that was given to me by one of our one of our listeners. Now, how do I? I want to see all of this, and I want to see it in its own screen. How to do that? Yeah, see all in Messenger. All right. Now, hi Tony. Thanks for all the work that you do. And I especially like the episodes with Brother Clippard, which is why you see Todd Clippard here with us today. <laughs> anyway, my wife and I have been studying with my mother-in-law for years now. She's a Catholic and can't get past the scripture alone. She's also burdened by the Protestants, quote-unquote, and can't get past the immense amount of denominations there are. She believes it's because of the separation from the Catholic faith. She doesn't believe she can interpret the Bible properly and why there are so many de- and that's why there are so many denominations. Catholics put just as much emphasis on tradition as they do scripture. My wife is at wit's end. I understand trying to get a 78-year-old woman to a 78-year-old to change her beliefs is very hard. She is surrounded by Catholics who minimize her arguments. And Catholic churches there are as prominent as Baptist churches are here in the South. I'll attach an article she sent. Is there any way you can do a podcast on Catholicism and arguments against it? Thanks again for all the work that you do. Here's the article. So we'll we'll look at the article, but it's it's Sola Scriptura, which is one of the five solas, and is uh it's sola scriptura is not biblical, and here are 21 reasons why. Catholic striving for holiness. She believes in apostolic succession and in miracles, etc., and the Pope is the boss, but not infallible. She's, she's, very, she's a very common-sense woman in every other way, but not when it comes to religion. And sorry, he, he, we, we converse some, but then he says, sorry to keep bothering you, but her mom can't get past the Catholic Church having so many documents from the early church fathers. She thinks that that proves the Catholic Church is right. Another thing is we have told her one of the reasons there are so many denominations is because people twist the scriptures to suit their needs. So that's what we have. That's what we're dealing with. I don't know about y'all, but Without even going to the article, I saw three things, three main points uh, to address, and that maybe we can talk about them this morning. Anyway, Todd or Aaron, how are you doing? Uh, t- say hello, hello to everybody real quick. I'm, I'm doing better doing now that we're live. Sorry for Sorry going for late, like we said, said, but glad to be on here, and this, this is a much-needed much subject, subject to talk about. talk about. The Catholic Absolutely. Church has a ton, has a ton of, influence of influence in the world, in the world. and so, we, and need so to we need to know the truth, know the truth and, and believe the truth and obey it. That's it. Uh, somebody said I need a little more volume. That is absolutely correct. That's one of the issues we've been dealing with. 
Uh, Barry, if you could tell me, I just bumped myself up a little bit. Yeah, Aaron has an echo. Yep. So yeah, the echo is well. well. So the echo is coming out on the stream. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Todd, there Todd is going, going too. And that, 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 it just, might be, just might be me. There are that there, there are there's no reason <laughs> to have that echo. An echo happens whenever you have a sound source from another area that's bleeding into the microphone and it creates a loop. There's no reason to have that echo. Every one of us are on headphones, and every one of us is. Yeah. Oh, it's crazy. The last, the last comment, comment there, Tony. There, Tony. And Todd is echoing real bad. Or Aaron Aaron is echoing real bad, so is Todd. It's crazy. Aaron, Aaron, pull your XLR cable out of your channel strip and put it right into your mixer. Okay. Don't okay. change anything else. Okay. Okay. Just cut, cut the 48-volt phantom power off. We'll see if we can make some changes. Am I echoing? Okay. Tony sounds good. The others have echoes. Okay. Okay. All right. Hear me. Hear me. I, I can. I, you. You sound a little bit quiet to me, but again, I can. I can deal with that on my end. All right. Todd, can you can you say something? Chris Alex is still echoing. Okay. I don't hear Todd echoing now on my. I don't hear Aaron echoing either. So maybe we're maybe we're good to go. All right, sounds better to me. Would it kill anything for me to turn myself up a tad? Or no, it says sounds good now. No echo for Todd. There we go. Chris Holla's got a thumb up. A thumb up. A thumbs up. Yes. You got a thumb up. What? So as always, Aaron is the problem. (laughs) Yes. Is that, Actually, why you, that, is that why you preach up here so much in Northeast Arkansas? I'm trying to fix the problem. <laughs> hey, I, I, Sundays I'm, in a year. I don't. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to take on more territory than I have a right to. But I think I may be the one that introduced Todd Clipper to Northeast Arkansas. Am I? That'd be correct. Okay. Well, so that's either real good or real bad. No, I don't no, 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 no. That's not correct. Oh, it's not correct. Okay, well, Kevin, I preached a meeting. I preached a meeting at Harrisburg when Kevin Beard was there before I came to Bay. Okay, well, I can't take credit, nor can you lay blame. <laughs> okay, so let's 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 t ride this again. Let's go. Yeah, I saw Todd. First off, let's let's do the whole introduction thing. Todd, how you doing, man? <laughs> doing all right. It's good to be back. Absolutely, everybody knows who you are. There ain't no sense in digging into it. Talk to us about the Catholic Church. I saw three things in that post uh, to talk about. Beside, even if we don't even look at the article of the twenty-one reasons why sola scriptura is unscriptural. Yeah, I have that article in front of me. I've, I've been uh, checking those out today, yeah, and, um, or this morning in, in preparation for this. Um, yeah, th- there are. I, even though, and I don't think this is one of the three things that 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 you're that you you have in mind but um, the biggest problem that i think anybody's going to have in dealing with roman catholicism is their definition of the church amen because when you read you know like for example if if you're reading this uh 21 reasons to reject sola scriptura yeah the catholic church uses the term the church 
in a way that the Bible never, ever uses it. Right. And, and that, that, you know, that's going to be, that's going to be the source of every single problem going forward. And until somebody, until somebody recognizes that when the Bible speaks of the church, it either speaks of the universal body of believers or a local body of believers. But when Roman Catholicism uses the term the church, they're talking about their church hierarchy and, and the leadership. And so they're, they're using the term the church in a way that is absolutely 100% foreign to the scriptures. And so, you know, you know, words mean things, and we can't have a dis- we can't have a discussion of anything pertaining to Roman Catholicism until until there is an agreement that their use of the term the church cannot be found anywhere in Scripture. That's a big deal. It yeah. is a big deal. Big big deal. So the the three things that I say, and you you that, that you hit that, that's the that's the overarching one. I mean, if you if you can if you can um, properly de- define terms, your your battle's half over. But the three things that I saw just in the message alone: authority of Scripture. Yep. The Catholics believe that the Church gave us the Bible, not the Bible gave us the Church. Many denominations. Jesus prayed, and Jesus and and John Jesus. Jesus prayed in John. John 17. 17. Neither pray I for these alone, but all those that believe on me through their word, that they may be one. Fathers, I are in thee, and thou art in me, that the world may know that thou hast sent me, that they may be one, Father. That t- two times, three times maybe in that text. I'd have to go back and look at it. Unity of the church is the testimony of Jesus Christ in the modern age. And unity is achieved every time somebody obeys the gospel. A lot of people look at the denominational world and they say, well, unity's never been achieved. Jesus' prayer has never been answered. Well, it has. It's just people twist the scriptures. But it's no wonder that people have a hard time believing in God and believing in the validity of his teachings and the inspiration of the book. Because if they don't understand what causes denominationalism, which some of our own brethren have broke off from our brotherhood whenever they see the problems not of the church but of the people in it, and they conclude not that we need to double down and get back to the Bible, but they conclude that the church of Christ is just another denomination, and you can't be a part of the church of Christ on earth, that because you can't be a part of the church of Christ on earth, they've concluded that everything is the church of Christ. Yeah. So they can go to the to the Baptist, Methodist, Episcopalian, and it doesn't matter. As long as they have a good heart there and and so a, a woman like like this brother described, she can see the absurdity in that. And so she she clings to what she considers to be stable with it, which is Catholicism. Right. And and then of course the ability this may be the biggest one, the ability to understand scripture. There are even my own brethren, I think, that occupy pulpits, that teach that you can't understand Scripture unless you're enlightened in some way. And if you don't feel like you're enlightened, keep paying me that dinero because I'll, I'll, I'll enlighten you because I am. <laughs> it, it bothers me to no end. But I think those are the three, you know. But yeah. 
I'm not saying that we that's what we've got to talk about, but that's what I noticed in the yeah. in the message. I, I think one of the issues there with that last point about you know says she believes she can't understand the scriptures on her own. Again, that that's a you know that that just goes back over a thousand years with you know with the uh, with the Catholic hierarchy keeping the Bible out of the hands you know out of the hands of the people because. Yeah. It, you know, once the Bible got into the hands of the people, you know, when when you know when men, you know, when men began to translate the scriptures, you know, uh, like you know, Wycliffe and, and others, when they began to translate the scriptures and put them in the hands of the common man, then Roman Catholicism had a serious problem. And the only way Roman Catholicism can thrive is to keep the scriptures out of the hands of the people. Um, and there's a uh, there's a piece online that Wayne Jackson uh, posted years and years ago called uh, the Cardinal's Advice to the Pope. Now, wow. if you uh, uh, and you could probably you could probably do you, you know you could probably do a Google search right now. Yeah. I'll probably just do it while I'm sitting there typing. I'll type Wayne Jackson uh, while, Cardinal's Advice. While and, you're uh, typing that, let me. I defy the Pope and all his laws. If God spare my life or many years, I will cause a boy that driveth the plow shall know more of the scripture than thou dost. That's it. That was Wycliffe, right? Yes. No, no. Uh, Tyn- Tyndale. Tyndale. No, yeah. William Tyndale. Yeah. And, and, and if you have an English copy of the Bible, you can thank him. Amen. Yeah. That's right. And if you're wondering how mad it made them hey. after they executed him, they dug him up and they burned dug him, him up day. years later, burned his bones and scattered them in the river. Yep. We'll teach him. Yep. So, so if the hierarchy of the Catholic church for thousands of years or however long since its inception has tried to keep the Bible from people, the, I shouldn't say if they have. <laughs> yeah. Let me restate what I'm trying to say. The whole church doctrine tradition that they teach is necessary to perpetuate people in ignorance away from the Bible. That's why, you know, this whole idea of Scripture alone as the standard, they say, is not biblical. And here's all these reasons why. They want that because then that keeps people away from the Scriptures, and it opens the door for the Pope, the Cardinals, any of the church history to be the standard as well instead of the Scripture, which is alone from God. And and one more thing before I, I want to turn Todd loose on this Wayne Jackson article. Can't find it. Oh well, uh, we'll we'll find it. I'll I'll be I'll be Jamie to your Joe Rogan. All right. <laughs> I love my beloved King James Bible, and I think there is a boss move because a lot of people I've heard people say, "Well, the King James Calvin is King James Catholic." This and the other. Well, the King. I do not believe for one instance there's any Catholic, uh, any any Calvinism in King James Bible whatsoever if you have a proper definition of terms, and I don't believe the people that translated it believed it. However, there is absolutely, incontrovertibly, no Cal- uh, no Catholicism in it. Right. Listen to 1 Timothy 6.15, and I've done my research here. I, can't, I don't have a receipts, but I can give them if you give me enough time. Which, in his times, talking about Jesus, he shall show who is the blessed and only capital P potentate 
the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Why? Why? That? What? What is the? There's only there. There's no reason to translate that Greek word to potentate. It's authority or mighty, and it's a common word. It's a common noun. It should be. There, there's not. A, it's not a proper noun. It's a. It's a. It's a common noun. But why did they make it a proper noun, and why did they translate it potentate? That's what the Pope is called. Mm-hmm. This is a dig at the Pope. I love it. <laughs> There's only one potentate, folks, and he's not sitting on a throne in Rome. Right. Mm-hmm. He's sitting on a throne in heaven. Yep. All right. That, that's, I found, that's I found, I found, win the, article. I found okay. the article awesome. on, the, on the Cardinal's advice to the Pope. Go ahead. Well, let her rip, Tater Chip. says, of all the advice that we can offer your holiness, we must open your eyes well and use all possible force in the matter, namely to permit the reading of the gospel as little as possible in all the countries under your jurisdiction. Let the very little part of the gospel suffice, which is usually read in mass, and let no one be permitted to read more. So long as people will be content with the small amount, your interest will prosper. But as soon as the people want to read more, your interest will fail. The Bible is the book which, more than any other, has raised against us the tumults and tempests by which we have almost perished. In fact, if one compares the teaching of the Bible with what takes place in our churches, he will soon find discord and will realize that our teachings are often different from the Bible and often are still contrary to it. That's Surely. from the that is from the Cardinals to Pope Pius the Third, fifteen o three, preserved in the National Library of Paris, um, and it's like reserved D two twenty seven nineteen pages one o one one o two, and a, a, an old acquaintance of mine, John Gary Williams, says he has a photocopy of that document in his personal files. I would love a photocopy of it, and I'd like to turn it into a. Just to start sharing it around on the internet. Yeah, that'd be yeah. cool. But, Let me uh, read this comment. It, folks, with the comments today, y'all, there, there's 32 people in here. Incidentally, for all of you that love the show and support the show, we we have been going up, and now we are averaging 22 people per episode not of cogitations and of uh, Christianity Now. So we just keep going up and up and up. And that's wonderful. Thank you so much. Yeah, but thank you. we do that. And we, I think we've done that because we always read all the comments and interact with you. We're, we would be here 97 to 40 hours today if we read all of the comments. But I'm not going to read all of them. So if I don't get your comment, please don't be offended. But I do want to get this one because I think, I think it's, a, it's, it's, well, all of them are good. But I think this one's especially good because I like this. I like this anecdote or lived experience, anecdote, whatever. I've tried talking with some Catholic folks about the scriptures, but they throw up barriers. They claim they're not allowed to discuss the scriptures and prefer to listen to the quote-unquote fathers. I usually approach them when they grumble about being late for Ash on Ash Wednesday. Oh, and they genuinely believe communion 
is Jesus's blood, actual flesh and blood. When I tried explaining otherwise, the wall went right back up. Yeah. And, and, and I'm not sure that probably whenever you discuss things with a Catholic, that that's the most beneficial or expedient place to start is transubstantiation. The, yeah. But, yeah. I wouldn't start there, but, but I, I get it. I, I know why you would, you know, well, um, let, and, and, and I'm not, I'm not admonishing you, uh, Terry Crooks at right. all, but I'm just, yeah. she's just simply making the statement. This is, this is also yeah, what they believe. Yes. Not, not that this is where I try to start. Exactly. Let, let's, and, let's begin, let's begin. Um, let's just begin with the idea of, um, can't understand the Bible. That's a good one to start with. I, um, you know, in Ephesians chapter three, and now these are off the top of my head. All right, so just if I'll be like Marshall Keeble, so if I miss it, just read the whole book of Ephesians and you'll find it. You know, uh, but in Ephesians three and verse number four, I believe it is. There it is. You know, when you read, you will understand. In other words, Paul said. When you read what I write, you'll know what I know. That's it. And, you, and Paul wanted the people, all the people, to know what he knew. In other words, he wasn't reserving, he wasn't reserving uh, uh, any type of authority over the people with regard uh, to the intent of the writing. Uh, he wasn't saying you have to ask me what I mean. In other words, you know what I'm writing here in this book of Ephesians, you know, to the Ephesians is it is so plain when you read. You'll know exactly what I know. Now, Paul said this, in essence, almost the exact same thing when he wrote the book to the Colossians. And in chapter four, he said, he said, I want this letter read in the church of the Laodiceans. And I want the letter that I wrote to the Laodiceans read in your church. And so, and so not, you know, no, Paul never Paul never sent a letter anywhere to be interpreted by some small subset of the church and doled out to the church. But rather what Paul wrote was read in the hearing of every single church member. Yes. Uh, you, you know, you think about you think about uh, Philippians chapter four, the opening of Philippians four. Mm-hmm. You know, where, where Paul is writing, he's writing to the entire church, and then you know he called out two of the women for, for not getting along. You know, Yodius and Syntyche. You know, mm-hmm. they need to be they need to be of one mind in the Lord. That's it. That was read in the whole. That was read in the whole church, and so uh, and so the reading, the public reading of Scripture, um, the public reading of Scripture is uh, uh, integral, integral, integral to the life. And the understanding of all the members. No, there's not any one person handing down, handing down the interpretation of the scriptures. By the way, I'm looking at the comments and the one you just threw up there. The, the Catholics do have their own version of the Bible. It's uh, it, it, when I was a kid, it was called the Confraternity version. Um, I had a four version New Testament parallel uh, that contained the con. Uh, the uh, confraternity version, and I'll just tell you, it's solid. It, 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 I'm, what I'm saying is the Catholic the Catholic edition of the New Testament is really faithful to the text. It's not like the Jehovah's Witnesses yeah. Bible, and so uh, 
Yeah, know, their translation is not the problem. It's their deuterocanonical books and the traditions and stuff. Yeah, and the notes. Yeah, you the know. Notes. Yeah. But but uh but yeah, their their actual rendering of the New Testament is is very, very good. Very good. Yeah. Hide and watch just asked, doesn't the Catholic Bible have more books or am I thinking of something else? No, you're this those deutero, deuterocanonical, the apocrypha, the pseudepigrapha, you know, they, right. they just got extra books in there. Yeah. Basically, basically the the additional books in, in the and by the way, this is not just a Catholic problem. You know, orthodoxy holds a lot of you know, orthodoxy, um uh the uh the Anglicans, you know, there's a lot of groups that hold that the hold Ethiopian to, Bible. You know that hold to a lot of these, and uh, and so it's not it's not just a Catholic problem with regard to the to the apocryphal uh, the apocryphal books, um, and so Barry, what's that to? Oh, that's the, the Cardinal's, Cardinal's advice. advice. Okay. okay, yeah, thanks. Look Good at deal. you, Barry. Barry yeah. Barry's on the spot. By the way, this this link here is is to an article on Substack that Barry wrote about private interpretation. Oh. Mm -hmm. I, I was looking at the 21 reasons and the link that the, you know, we were, that, I mean, that's their thing. You know, they yep. say that the scriptures actually teach they, that they, you know, have to be interpreted and they're hard to interpret and all this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. I know it. I know it. Second Peter three sixteen. Oh my. That's just, I've heard brethren misuse that verse so often. Oh, good grief. Yeah. Read, read second Peter three sixteen. <laughs> Let's see or get here. 15 into 16 because I think it fleshes it out. Let's see here. Uh, and consider <laughs> and consider that the long suffering of our Lord is salvation. Also, as also our beloved brother Paul, according to the wisdom given to him, has written to you, as also in all his epistles, speaking in them of these things, and which are some things hard to understand, which untaught and unstable people twist to their own destruction as they do also the rest of the scriptures. Yeah. So grammatically, Peter is saying that there are only a few things that are hard to understand. And they come from Paul. <laughs> yeah. It's all Paul's fault. <laughs> yeah. By the way, though, every scripture can be twisted. Rest. WR. We get that. We get, we get, we get our word wrestle from this rest. Right. Yeah. It means we, to we, twist we, it, yeah. to, to contort it. Yeah. Um, Bring it into it. submission. Like you're, yeah. I don't bring, I don't bring scripture into the submission of Tony. I bring Tony into the submission of scripture. Right. Scripture ought to rest me. Not the other yeah. way around. But ne next, y'all know the ne next in the article, it goes to acts eight, you know, the eunuch. They claim, How can I accept some man guide me? Yeah. Okay. They, they, they claim, you know, that the eunuch statement verifies that the Bible is not sufficient in itself as a teacher of Christian doctrine. And you have to have somebody to help you understand it. Willie Franklin believes that. Oh, me. He believes a lot of things. Yes. Yeah. But Willie, Willie Franklin, he, he's, he's, he's invited to our lectureships. He's allowed to teach our youth. And he believes that you cannot understand the Bible except you have the Holy Spirit. And you cannot understand. And if you, in, in, in lieu of the Holy Spirit, you need somebody who has the Holy Spirit. No. Hmm. And they, I am, I am they, never not going to to call that out publicly. Yeah, yeah that's damnable. That causes people to be lost for sure. Yep. And and Heritage University is having him on a lectureship. I just saw. Oh my! Well, why? My football. question is why. They don't know. 
I, 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 that, that, yeah, they do. Okay. <laughs> I, they, they, they know. You, you'll not tell, and, and, if, and if they're ignorant, then that's worse. Right. I have less respect for somebody that would invite somebody. I, I just, I don't know. I, it, it bothers Absolutely. me. All right, so back to Catholicism. All right, so we, we, we talked about the need to properly define the church. By the way, and I see, you know, Aaron's looking at this same 21 reasons. Yeah. And, um, and, and if you'll notice, Aaron, you know, look how, look how this guy uses the term the church in, in all of these reasons. Yeah. And none of them are, none of them are biblically sound. Yeah. None of them. You know, you know the hey, church Chris produced Olive, the Bible. Hold on just a second. Vice versa. Chris Olive, when you, when you go to them and then you make sure they know, understand this is not hearsay. It's not secondhand knowledge. I talked to the man. I talk to the man. Yeah, right, usually when you say that. anything, people, you know, well, that's yeah. just hearsay. Well, sometimes yeah. people do repeat hearsay, but you're yeah. saying. This, you know, <laughs> so first of all, we, we got, you know, get, we got to get back to understanding what the Bible means when it says church and it never refers to the hierarchy. You know, Absolutely. When, Je- when Jesus said, if they don't repent, tell it to the church, he wasn't talking about the hierarchy. He's talking no. about the members of the local body there in Matthew yeah. 18, uh, 15 to 20. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, when Paul wrote to the church of God, which was at Corinth, he wasn't writing to a select group, you know, at the top of the, uh, at the top of the local hierarchy. Um, and so, you know, we, we want to understand that. And then, you know, the Bible teaches that, that it can that it can be understood. It was written to be understood. Again, Ephesians three and verse number four. And then uh, then we also want to you know we also want to be be mindful. Uh, uh, what was what was the uh, what was the second thing after um, the interpretation? Uh, let's see on the list or the, on, the on my list or the well, this article. Is, this, this, well, well, from the from the twenty one, what I was thinking of is that they claim that the Bible never claims sola scriptura. Yeah, but this is the number one thing on their list. The doctrine of the Bible alone is the authority is not taught anywhere in the Bible. Yeah, yeah and, and and that's just that's just ludicrous. Second yeah. Timothy three sixteen and seventeen. Oh, they go into you have to scroll if you're on a phone. You scroll and scroll. They've got they think they've got every line in Second Timothy three sixteen and seventeen answered to prove what they're saying. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's very detailed. Well, you, I mean, it would take a lot look, of time to just address yeah, everything they say. Yeah. Well, Second Timothy three. Look, yeah, if, if if it takes you if it takes you twenty pages to try to refute Second Timothy three sixteen and seventeen, you've got problems. I agree I mean, because because that 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 text is pretty straightforward. That the scripture is given by inspiration. The scripture is given by inspiration of God, and it makes the man of God complete. And thoroughly furnishes him to every good work. And then, you know, Second Peter three one and verse three. You know, God according to His divine power has given us all th- has given us past tense all things that pertain yeah. unto life and godliness. Yeah, through the uh, knowledge of Him that has called us to glory and virtue. And so, and so man has not changed since the first century. Whatever whatever was sufficient for man in the first century. It's sufficient for man in the 21st century. 
you know, the, the forms of the sin may, may, find, may find themselves in, in some type of evolution, but the sins themselves are the same. Yeah. You know, the desires of man are unchanged. And then, of course, you've got Jude verse three, you know, that the faith was once and for all delivered, uh, delivered to the saints. Now, let me just let me I'm just going to toss this out to you guys, because it's something that I've thought about. Um, You know, all of these. I think one thing we need to remember is that all of these passages that, that are written were written before the canon was was compiled. Now we know we know for certain that that the canon would. And for those that are listening, when we say the word canon, we're talking about the the body of authoritative literature known as the New Testament. Mm-hmm. The Old Testament canon had already long been established, uh, and so that's not that that's not a matter of dispute. Uh, but the New Testament canon uh, was well established by the early fourth century. In the, insofar as that we know that it had already been compiled, you know, I've seen I've seen the Codex Sinaiticus sitting right next to the Codex Alexandrinus in the British Library. I mean, and so when you have when you have two complete New Testaments, one's a Bible and one's the New Testament, uh, you know, when you have two complete canons side by side, uh, you know it in that form at that date, then you know that that thing, you know, those weren't the first two. Do you see what I'm saying? You know, these were not the first two Bibles. They're just the oldest Bibles that we have that are, for the most part, complete. Mm -hmm. But we have to understand something. When when Paul writes to Timothy, and when Jude wrote his letter, and when Peter wrote his letter, you know, uh, you know, both of these problem, all of these letters probably written. Well, we know Second Timothy, and we know that Second Peter, you know, were probably written shortly before the destruction of Jerusalem. You know, just on a time frame. We need to understand some. All of what needed to be known was known, mm-hmm. even if it, even if it wasn't, you know, even if it wasn't gathered up and compiled in the way that we have it in our hands right now. Well, you know, Paul didn't know Timothy was going to act like a doofod in Galatians 2. But all the truth to be able to deal with that was delivered on the day of Pentecost and was delivered to Paul whenever he was baptized in the Holy Ghost off screen. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, and, and with the, and, and also the, um, you know the Bible teaches us that that there were specific reasons for the spiritual gifts. You know, and, and one of those was that spiritual gifts were given so that the church could have all the things that it needed to know. Um, you know, to conduct its business, and then there were corrective letters. You know, most of most of the New Testament is is corrective, and you know, after the Gospels and Acts, it's it, it's almost all corrective in 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 some nature. Yeah. Which tells us that they already knew what they were supposed to do, and they weren't doing it. Thus, the letter was written was written to uh, was written to correct them. And so, we need to understand the, the 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 people in the New Testament had everything they they had everything they needed to know, even if it wasn't compiled, you know, in a in a leather copy King James version of the yeah. Bible. They yeah. had it, and so I, I think a lot of people are mistaken when they start thinking about well. You know the the canon you know wasn't completed until 
you know, the canon wasn't completed until the second. Okay, okay, let me stop you right there. When people say that, like the canon wasn't completed till this date, we don't have a list of all the books that people accepted at this day. That's a straw man. Like the canon is the authority, the standard that was in the apostles, that was in what they preached. That's right. And they had the letters from before the end of the first century, and they mm-hmm. copied the letters from before the end of the first century. I don't care if somebody in England didn't supposedly have all the letters or whatever. That's just all a bunch of hearsay. Like, like it, like that's irrelevant. They had yeah. all the truth as, as you know, Mammoth Spring, Barry O'Dell, you know, John sixteen. They had all truth. They had all the truth. They were all of them were walking New Testaments. You know, well, just based on timeline, you know, John's epistles, John's epistles had to be among the last, absolutely of the last five, and certainly the last four letters that were ever written in the New Testament. You know, John's gospel and his epistles are written way, way after the destruction of Jerusalem in AD seventy. All right. Now, the reason I mention that is, is, is that somebody assigned me 1 John 2, 18 to 27 to write a 1,500-page paper, and he got 3,000, or 1,500-word paper, and he got 3,000. Yeah. <laughs> so, but in that text, in that text, and when I say text, I mean 1 John 2, 18 to 27 or 29 or whatever it was, he says, you have an anointing. And you know all things, and you have no need that any man should teach you. Now, obviously, he's writing in the context of the Gnostics who claim special knowledge, etc. But the but the statement is still clear. Before the end of the first century, John wrote to those Christians who did not have a leather-bound copy of the Bible, and he told them, you know all things. And so that that tells us beyond any shadow of a doubt that the church had all the things that we have today. They just didn't have the, they just didn't have the entirety of it in written and, and, and collected form. Well, they knew what scripture was in the first century. Yeah. Whenever Paul talks about uh, elders who labor in the word are worthy of double honor. Yeah. Because the scripture says you shall not muzzle an ox as it treads out the grain and the laborer is worthy of his hire. And that's good. One of Luke. those is from Deuteronomy. <laughs> the other is from Luke chapter 10. Mm-hmm. They knew what scripture was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. I can't remember what what Timothy epistle that's from, first or second, but first Timothy five eighteen. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yep. Quoting Luke ten, verse seven, Jesus' words in his earthly ministry about the laborers worthy of his wages. So they knew what scripture was then. Like yep. first Timothy was written in what? In the early sixties? Yep. <laughs> so in the early sixties they knew what they knew what the standard, the canon was. Oh, but they didn't have we don't find a list with all the books of the Bible in a leather-bound copy until the fourth cent. That's, that's irrelevant. That's- Listen, those people knew a lot of what Jesus said that we don't know to this day. Right. Have you ever thought about that? Yeah. That a lot of the people in the first century knew what Jesus himself said that we to this day do not know. 
Um, now, it doesn't mean it doesn't mean that there's anything missing that we need to know. Right. But but just as a just as proof of this, in Acts 20 and verse 35, Paul said, You know it's better to give that our it. Lord said mm. it is more blessed to give than to receive. He said, You know that the Lord said that. Now, I challenge you to find that phrase anywhere in any gospel account. It's not. But he's writing to people in Ephesus, or he's talking to people in Ephesus hundreds of miles away, decades, decades removed from the public ministry of Jesus. And he said, you know that our Lord said this. Now, it was common knowledge among the first century church that Jesus said it's more blessed to give than to receive. And so, you know, this, this idea that, the, that we wouldn't know anything had the Catholic Church not compiled the Bible for us is just, it's just hogwash. Well, have, you, have y'all done any research and looking into this Muratorian fragment? No. I, I wrote about it on Substack. I can't remember the name of the article, but the Muratorian fragment traditionally dates back to the second century around 170 A.D. Um, here, here are the text of the Muratorian fragments. It's got the four Gospels. It's got the Acts of the Apostles. It's got 13 letters of Paul, uh, specifically named the Epistles to the Romans, Corinthians. Two letters are counted as one. Mm. Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, Galatians, Thessalonians, two letters counted as one. Philemon, Titus, and Timothy, two letters counted as one. And the epistle to the Hebrews is notably absent in this list. So they didn't attribute that to Paul, which I don't think Paul wrote it. Um, the epistles of John, the, epistles of Ju- the epistle of Jude, and then the apocalypse of John, also known as the book of Revelation. Revelation. Yeah. Let me tell you, if, if, if we didn't have, if we didn't have any other book, we, from 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 the Muratorian fragment, we would know enough to be equipped to go to heaven, right? Yeah, and that that's go that's that's way before this supposed Catholic Council put together our Bible. Yeah. How do you spell that? M U R A T O R I A N. And what was the approximate dating on that? You said one seventy to two hundred. Yeah, that's cool. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> it's like God can preserve his book, you know? Wow, amazing, isn't it? I know. Yeah. I say that all the time. I hope I say it so often that our congregation starts, like, quoting that everywhere they go. I'm like, if God can create the heavens and the earth in six 24-hour days, he can write a book, and he can preserve it for a zillion years. And the Catholic Church and all the Satan's angels can't, can't stop it. No, nope. I guarantee it. I don't care if you burn as many copies as you can find. You can't destroy it. It's impossible. God's not going to allow that which is necessary for people to know to be saved to be destroyed by corrupt men. Hey, let's deal with let's deal with uh, Barry's comment here about Second Thessalonians two fifteen. Well, Barry needs uh, dealt with. I guarantee you. He's he may be tempted to believe that. Let's help our brother out. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> you know the uh, you know the text there from Second Thessalonians two and verse fifteen says. Uh, Therefore, brethren, stand fast and hold the traditions that you were taught, whether by word or our epistle. Um, 
you know, this idea, the, the, the misapplication of this as if it, it reside that that tradition and authority resides in the Catholic hierarchy uh, is not supported by this text. Mm-hmm. He said, "What you've been," he says, "What you've been taught by word or our epistle." And so Paul's talking about his own writings. Yeah, and and in and in speaking of his own writings, Paul recognized that his what he wrote was you know. If any man among you seem to be spiritual, let him acknowledge that what I write to you is the commandment of the Lord, 1 Corinthians 14, 37. Yep. And so, Even if you're so, a prophet. Yeah. I mean, and that was the whole point that he was trying, he, he was in the middle of talking to a group of people who possess spiritual gifts. And, and in, a sense, in, in essence, he challenged them to deny that what he was writing was the commandment of the Lord. Yep. And and so so and, and Paul claimed, you know, Paul claimed obviously direct revelation from Jesus Christ in Galatians chapter one and verses 10, 10 and following. And so, you know, this this is not this is not a verse that 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 uh, places authority in some type of religious hierarchy. You know, Paul's talking about what he taught and what he wrote, not just what somebody else taught or wrote. On this same article, Todd, they the this Catholic article, it says uh-huh. that the Bible record is clear that it nowhere says that the that once the last apostle died, that the written form of God's word would be the final authority. And it's very clear, they claim, that the, uh, the apostles clearly chose successors who in turn possessed the same authority to bind and loose. So you know uh, what that so, means? The Catholic I Church. Saw, yeah, so I... And that was in the letter, the idea of apostolic uh, succession. Yeah. Uh, if it's clear, then then where is it? Exactly. If it, if it's clear, you know, if it's clear, where is it? And I wish I had had a little more time. You know, I'd like to, I'd like to do a little search into the uh, the writing of the Ananiasines, and see and see if they held a view, held the view that you know there were apostolic successors, which they may. I mean. Um, just because they hold it, don't mean. But it's just true. because they hold it doesn't doesn't make it true. But I, I would like I would like to know I would like to know what you know what their view of apostolic succession is. You know, what do they mean by that? And it, and if it were indeed the case, um, you know, Paul said truly the signs of an apostle were worked among you, and so he, he had he had obvious uh, miraculous capabilities on display to well, show that what he said was indeed the word of God. And so if there is indeed apostolic succession, then those men ought to have the same ability that Paul himself claimed. Amen. This is, hey, this is the best, this is the best they could muster. This succession of apostolic authority is shown in the election of Matthias. <laughs> the dude lived in the first century. What, what are you talking about? Well, that and he had to meet specific criteria. Yeah. And, and, and they had, had to cast lots. And according to Proverbs, man cast the lot, but God is the, the is responsible for disposing thereof. Right. Yeah. Now, let's just talk about that that situation just for a second with the dealing with Matthias. Uh, you know, first and foremost, as, as Aaron said, that guy lived in the first century. Secondly, there were specific, there were specific criteria that had to be met in order for him to even be considered as an apostle. And one was 
He had to have been in from the beginning, from the baptism of John, and he had to be a witness of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so, and it says, and out of all of them, they found two. <laughs> yeah. All right. They found two, you know, uh, Barsabbas and, and Matthias. Yep. All right. Now, the Bible says they cast lots and the lot fell upon Matthias. But before they cast lots, they said, Lord, show us the one whom you have chosen. You know, the Lord chose them, and they thought that it would be only fitting that the Lord chose the one to replace Judas. Now, yeah. I've asked this question before, and 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 it, look, it's purely speculative. All right, it's purely speculative. But in the casting of lots, it would be the essential. It would be the the essence of flipping a coin. In other words, it, when you cast lots, it's one or the other, right? I mean, when they yeah. said, Lord, show us whom you've chosen. All right. So, kind of like so drawing this, straws. Somewhat. Kind of. But, but it says they cast lots. So, everybody, you know, they, they did whatever it is that they do. Now, let's just, you know, I've heard, I have heard through tradition, you know, that tradition says that, you know, that they had, like, they had coins that were, you know, obviously they were two sided and, that, you know, that one side represented one and one, you know, the other. But, Let's just say, let's just say that all of the all of the apostles had a coin, had a coin in their hand. You know, and on one side of the coin was Caesar's head, and on the other side of the coin was an image of an eagle. All right. And so they're getting ready to cast lots. And they said, Now, Lord, we're going to cast lots. And if you want, you know, if you want Matthias to be the one, then bring them up heads. And if you want Barsabbas to be the one, let it come up. Uh, with the tails, or you know, with the eagle, right? yes. that would be a re- that'd be a reasonable explanation of how they cast lots. Yeah, and, now, yeah. If all eleven of those guys flipped a coin, just flipped a coin into a circle, and eleven coins hit the ground, when they said, "Lord, show us whom you have chosen," if they said, "Lord, if it's Matthias, let it be heads; Lord, if it's Barsabbas, let it be the eagle," and and it, and it was Matthias. How many? How many of those coins do you think came up heads? All of them. All of them. All of them. Yeah. Right. I know. I know. You know. And, and what are what are the odds? What are the odds to flip eleven coins at one time, and all eleven coins come up? I mean, it's some of you that are good at math can figure this out, yeah. but you know, but it, you know, it's like two times two times two times two times two. You know, until you get to eleven. I mean. It, it it's all it's completely illogical to think you know to think that to think that it was just a coincidence that they all eleven came up on Matthias. They were acting on the truth that had been written many years before to Israel about wisdom. You know, right. Pro, Proverbs sixteen thirty three: the lot is cast into the lap, but its every decision is from the Lord. That's okay. what think I think about, was referred. Yeah. To. Think about it, what, what if six of them came up heads and and five of them came up eagle? That'd leave you some doubt, wouldn't it? Yeah. So mm. if it went six five, it's like, oh, you know, if I if I'd have flipped my coin just a little bit harder, yeah, might have been other guy. <laughs> yep. You see, but yeah. but if everything, but when it says the lot fell upon Matthias, it means there was no question. Yep. That Matthias was the choice, and he was numbered with the eleven apostles. Now the reason I mention that is this: 
When's the last time they they elected a pope in one vote? You know, every time there's look, I've lived long enough to see, a, you know, I was alive when John Paul II was the pope, and they've had about three or four popes since, you know, since since he was the pope. Now, you tell me, when's the last time the Catholic Church took a single vote and elected a pope? Never. Never. No. Never. You know, and, and, and when they're electing a pope, everybody's looking for the smoke, right? Yeah. You know, if it's one color smoke, the vote came in and nobody's the pope. And the next day they take a vote and the smoke don't change and nobody's the pope. And then finally, after about 10 or 15 votes and, and all of the and by, all of the wheeling, dealing behind the scenes and, and on gathering up, you know, gathering up candidates and you know, and collecting support. And then finally the smoke changes and we've got a pope. <laughs> all right. You know, how many, you know, how many lot, how many times did they cast lot? You know, if the Lord chose Matthias and he did, how many votes did it take? Yeah. One. And it really wasn't even a vote, right? No, that's right. And so now and 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 the Pope's a lot more important than the apostles. He's the, yes, vicar, he's the vicar of Christ. Of Christ. He's yeah. the vicar of Christ. And so you'd think the Lord would at least show his hand. Yeah, for real. Like unanimous vote, you know. Yep. You'd think it'd be unanimous. You know, you know, yeah. Lord, show us whom you have chosen. Now, like every but, time. <laughs> and here's an interesting thing. According to Catholic doctrine, any Catholic male in good standing is eligible to be the Pope. Doesn't have to come from the College of the Cardinals. Now, now that'd be something. Because there's a billion, there's a billion Catholics on the planet, right? There's a billion Catholics. Yeah. So, so all you gotta do is Lord. There's too many for us to choose from. Show us. Show us that unanimous one billion. That's right. Show us the unanimous <laughs> choice out of a billion Catholic men, and and, and you know, so that we know beyond a shadow of a doubt that this is the guy. By the way, you know, you know, do, do you think you think Catholics by and large support the Pope right now? Not by and large. Mm. No, I mean he's come out. Blessing same-sex unions and 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 you know all kinds all kinds of stuff you know he he he's nothing but a political mouthpiece he you know he's zero about religion he's all about about politics but the point is trying to get Catholics to see the inconsistency they see the they, inconsistency though they just don't think? care no I don't think that's true Tony I really don't well, no, I, well you're right they do care. But they don't make a change. They don't care enough to change. Now, that's I've, probably true. I've heard people say, you know, once a Catholic, always a Catholic, and all that kind because, of stuff. Because it's ingrained in them that they were born that way. Yeah. yeah. You're born a Catholic. You're born a Jew. And, 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 you know, over, and even if you never practice it, you'll claim it, you'll claim it the same as you'd claim your own racial identity. So, so yes. this Catholic article claims that Paul passed on his apostolic authority to Timothy and Titus, and 2 Timothy 1.6 and Titus 1.5 proves that unequivocally. All because Paul gave Timothy a miraculous gift, that proves he was passing on the apostolic office to Timothy. Then they got a problem with Acts chapter 8, verse 18. When Simon saw that by the laying on of the apostles' hands the Holy Ghost was given, he offered them money. And Peter said, to hell with you. 
not going to do it. And your money. And mm-hmm. yeah. And, and, and you might think, well, Tony, that sounds brash. Why are you cussing? I'm not cussing. Peter said you can go to hell. Mm-hmm. What do you think that meant when he said, I perceive you're all together in the gall of bitterness, the bondage of iniquity. He's hell bound. Mm-hmm. He said, you and your money can go to hell. And if you don't repent, that's where you're heading. That's what it means. Perish. Perish. That's the word I was looking for. Yep. Perish where? In hell. Yep. Somebody asked about a good study Bible. Apologetics Press. I shared the link. I think I shared the link for the leather bound. You don't have to buy the leather bound. You can get the hardback. But about the Defender Bible? Yeah, I like it. Aren't the children claimed as Catholic if one parent is Protestant? I think that's the doctrine they teach. Yeah. Uh, yes. And Galatians 1 8 applies to any who preach any other gospel than what the apostles preached. That's correct. So that means a that lot of those correct. Catholic priests and popes and all that, they're accursed. Yeah. So they're not preaching the same gospel. Yeah, you know, I've had I've had um, I've had friends that have married Catholics and um and married people that are devout Catholics. And as a general rule, a devout Catholic has to get permission from the priest to marry a non-Catholic. And in order to get permission from the priest, the non-Catholic has to sign an agreement. That they'll raise the children Catholic. That the children will be raised, that the children will be raised as Catholics. Yep. And so that, and I'm, I'm guessing, I'm guessing where that's where that comment originated, but, but that is, that's, that's the, that's the facts. Yeah. That's the facts. I, kn- I knew of one couple, and I didn't know them personally, but it was my best friend growing up, his grandparents. They went to Mass seven days a week. That's Ooh. the only people that I, and I actually did meet them once or twice in person, but I wouldn't say I personally knew them very well. But that's the closest I've gotten to knowing someone that actually was that devout? They it was like up until their eighties, I think, till they wow. where they couldn't get out of the house or they died. They went seven days, away, and I kept questioning my my friend on it, and he said, "No, I'm not. I'm not teasing." And you know, I'm talking about every day, you know, because the first time I heard that, I thought it was bizarre. Because yeah, I've I mean, never I, heard of that. I mean, I only grew up going to church, you know, like three or four times a week, you know, you know, right. like wow, yeah. these folks are going seven days a week. But anyhow. Wow. There's some people out there that are really devoted to some of the yep. tenets of Catholicism. You oh, bet. yeah. Um, what? I don't know, man. I I don't feel... I, th- th- okay, Don't. I'm, I'm not indicting any of us in this live stream. I don't think we said anything that would convince somebody to leave the Catholic Church. What? What? What could we say? I don't know. What more could be said? I mean, the, the Pope is in direct opposition to Scripture. And, 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 and according to our brother, the person, the, the thing that this woman can't get past is the idea of sola scriptura. Yeah. To me. Well, we've talked about that, though. I know. To me, that's the number one, in my opinion, that's the number one major problem about the authority outside the Scripture. And then the second thing that follows from that would be what, what Todd has talked about a lot. Just the yeah. whole thing with the the misconception about the church being the you know the the hierarchy of the Catholic yeah. group. Those and, are like the two main things that just stand out to me. Like and if, if I'm being if I'm still manning, if I'm being very 
accommodating, if you will. Whenever you see the word Jews in the Gospels, like, and the Jews came to Jesus, that's not talking about the Jews at large. That's talking about the Jewish leadership. Well, many times, not all the time, right. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. But, but, you know, so, so there is a such thing as a figure of speech called metonym. And it may be possible that you could read the New Testament and you could find one instance where the word church is used after the day of Pentecost where it's speaking of the leadership of a local congregation. I don't think that you can. I don't think that's right. I, 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 what I mean is, I don't. I don't think. I don't think there is one. I don't think there is either, Todd. But I'm just. I'm. I'm. I'm trying to be very, very accommodating here. But let's say there were. That still doesn't validate the Catholic Church. That doesn't validate having a hierarchy of bishops and popes and cardinals and the or bishops and cardinals and the pope. Yeah. Above a local congregation. If like if, if like if Paul if if we find some right. verse we forgot where it's in Paul's writing, well I'm going to go talk to the church at Ephesus, and then when we read when he got there he only spoke to the elders. You could make the case that Paul was using church as a metonym for the leadership of the church. I don't think that verse exists. Just to be clear, no, that that I do not think that verse exists. Just to be clear, but even no, if it. But- did that would still not support Acts 2017 says he calls for the elders of the church correct so there's in other words you would have to have an anomalous change in language and vernacular yeah Yeah. so but again but one thing we need to make mention of and it's and it's in the and it's in the it's in the correspondence that you mentioned is the idea that that sola scriptura is the cause of denominationalism and and so that's pat, it's patently false number one yeah. but um, but there, there are there are problems even within Catholicism on this matter because the Greek Orthodox Church rejects sola scriptura, and the Greek Orthodox Church is a division of the Roman Catholic Church. Yep, you know, th- there, are those, right. there are there are a number of divisions of Catholicism that also reject sola scriptura, and so uh, the rejection of sola scriptura did not keep the Catholic Church intact. Uh, you know from from you know, from what it evolved into, let's just say six hundred years after uh, after the establishment of the New Testament Church, you know, it took about five and a half centuries for the Catholic Church to end up somewhat as it is yes, now. Today. Yeah, and so and so, sola scriptura was not uh, a rejection of sola scriptura was not enough was not sufficient to keep the Catholic Church together. And it, and sola scriptura is not is not the reason for uh, all of the religious division that exists uh, today, yeah, uh, right. because most of those groups pay lip service to sola scriptura, but they don't practice it. No, 
They've all got their catechisms, their creed books, you know, their disciplines, their book of prayer or, you know, whatever, you know, whatever it is, you know, their, their manuals. Um, you know, th- those are all things that are referred to that define them. Get, they pay lip service to sola scriptura, yeah. But but in practice, they deny sola scriptura. Uh, there, there's a group that's right down the road from our building, and they are very vocal about written scripture is the only authority. I mean, they are very, very, very vocal that they believe that. Mm-hmm. When you when you breach the surface, it's their interpretation of that well, scripture. That, it's they it's, still quote church leaders way more than constantly, them. constantly quote the so-called church fathers. You you, you have conversations with them. Well, well, have you read Martin Luther? Have you read Calvin? Have you read uh, Swingley? Have Have you read on and on and on and on the irrelevance of that? But they think it's the, necessary. The, the problem with that is you don't have to read false teachers to know what is right. But if you tell them, no, I haven't read Martin, then they treat that as if you're some kind of dummy. Yeah. They're right. read Martin it's a Gnostic level of knowledge. Like it's, they're, right. they, they're superior to you because mm-hmm. they know they've read all those commentaries. They've read all those books and you haven't. So when you taught it, you can't you can't speak about race issues because you're not in a so-called minority. You're not in a minority. It's kind of like that reasoning. You can't yeah. speak on Bible issues, Todd, because you haven't read all the things we've read. Right. That that's that's what it is. Yeah. You don't yeah. you don't know. You can't speak on faith alone. You don't know what it means. That's their oh, argument. That, well, that's you the argument. Don't. You're you're mean and you don't know the doctrine. Yeah. So I'm, they're, I'm, they're I am I am mean. They're intellectually in, intellectually superior to you. Period. Hands down, you lost. You know, you don't even deserve a voice. Mm-hmm. So, really quickly, I want to point out something in this list. Number eleven, and I, I want you to just just listen to the nefariousness of this, and you might miss it if you're not analyzing what they're actually saying. An extra biblical authority identified the canon of Scripture. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, the, 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 whatever council, I can't remember what it was that identified the canon of scripture. They were an extra bit. They were in authority, not from God, but they were an authoritative source for people. And they did identify the canon of scripture. I have no problem with that, but that doesn't mean a thing. That's like saying, well, we need to go to the we need to go to the Bible to establish Bible authority. You don't go to the Bible to establish Bible authority. I talked about this on the podcast the other day. We ascertain Bible authority. Yeah. So I what? I, I mean, I, if, I, if, I use that verse in my sermon. Don't use it. Preach it and what it means. <laughs> yes. So an extra biblical authority identified the canon of Scripture. Yes. So what? So, so they identified it. They didn't establish it. No, it was already established by God. Right. They just identified it. I can I can identify a billionaire. I'm still broke. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know? Yep. That's right. We need a T-shirt with that, Tony. I can identify. Well, that's the thing. Yeah. 
I, I can I can identify a billionaire, but I'm still broke. Yeah, I can look at a billionaire and I can say, hey, there's a billionaire. Hello, sword and pearl. It's good to see you. And uh, holier than thou, John Exum says. Absolutely. That's exactly what it is. Like, like they're going, they keep going back to like, they've got this knowledge about certain things that you don't. So they're better than you. Their, their interpretation is infallible. Their understanding, their explanation. Said, and instead of, it's whatever the original writer meant. And that can be yeah. deduced from a careful study of the word by anyone who so desires to know it. Yep. Um, okay. So this, this 21 reasons may find itself worked into little yeah. short explainer videos yeah, that's, or, uh, cogitations episodes or something like that. But, uh, unless, uh, unless the do what I was just saying, it might help the person who asked the question originally. Yeah. I really appreciate uh, the person asking the question. So I, I, it's, I'm, I'm trying to be cognizant of Todd's time here. <laughs> um, you know, Aaron and I, you can, you and I can stay on for a couple of hours or three sometimes, but, um, is there anything else that you can think of? Like if, if you, this, this woman in question, if you had her in front of you, what would you tell her? Talking about the, the lady in question from the original, yeah. from the original. Yeah. Um, well, just based on the, I mean, obviously all you can base it on is the content of, of what was, um, was what was said yeah is i would i would ask her um about what doubts that she has about the catholic church because obviously she has some doubts concerning the catholic church that'd be a and good then, place to start for a bible study i, I, I would begin i'd be tell me what your doubts are and 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 if they're valid then i would validate them and yeah. i and i would then i would show her from the scriptures you know that that her that her concerns are valid and then, and then, you know, what you're doing is you're trying to plant a seed of doubt in their mind and hope that thing will germinate mm -hmm. and, and take root because you're yep. probably, you know, you're probably not going to convert this person in a single sitting, uh, but, but all. you can, but you can, you know, you can plant that seed of doubt. You can put a rock in her shoe, so to speak. Yes. Uh, something that's going to, just, just wear on her and wear on her and wear on her. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean, it's just something she's not going to be able to turn loose of. Well, but that, that's, that's, what, that's where I would start. That's where I would yeah. start. Yeah. He, it's, it's, um, oh, I wrote a, I wrote an article. I did come. Hold on. Now I can't. I want to go where I can search. I wrote an article not too long ago. And basically it, it covered this phrase that Jesus spake. He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. And that changed my approach to ministry. And, and Todd, it, it basically, it's exactly what you're talking about. You're putting the truth out there. You're giving somebody the truth. And then you're kind of backing off and say, if you've got a set of ears, this is for you. We're not in a, in a, in a maladaptive, pathological, codependent relationship. I don't have any, your, your, your life and your belief and your being is not wrapped up in me. It's not in Tony that you live and move and have your being. It's in God. You live and move and have your being. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to tell you the truth. And if you got a set of ears, that's for you. And then let the truth do what the truth is capable of doing. Yeah. And I think, mm -hmm. and, and, and that, that's, that's the idea. That's what we're talking about. We, we want to with people that are in false 
ways and false uh, in error, we want to introduce that that pebble that yeah. it's like a grain of sand in an oyster, and the oyster itself wraps that grain of sand, and and then eventually you have a pearl. Without being too far on the nose, you have this from this grain of sand of the truth. You have it grows into the pearl of great price. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and it yeah. does it right in the heart. Mm-hmm. Don't press the illustration because I think it's the oyster stomach. But anyway. Here's my final thoughts on that. That article helped to continue to solidify what I was already thinking and what I understood from Scripture about the work of preaching and teaching, you know, and serving God in that capacity. We just, we, we, we spread the word publicly, privately, personally, you know, et cetera. And people have to pick it up and take it. You can't just constantly be behind people and on people or what, you know, if there's a personal care follow-up, that's the shepherds. That's yeah. that's the work of shepherds to follow, you know. But also an article that you wrote, I wish we could put the link on there too, the one you wrote about uh, how we don't have to have the Holy Spirit to understand Scripture. If, yeah. if, I, if I could you know, say one word to the person that asked this question to encourage their, I guess it was their friend or their family member. I can't remember, but that, that, that person doesn't believe that they can interpret the Bible properly. And that's why there's so many denominations. I, that's what I, that article along, you know, the scriptures that are in it, you know, and the reasoning in it, but we can understand scripture. And that would be my advice to her. Encourage your, your friend, your family member, that you can. God designed Scripture not to be held in the hands of any one individual. Sure, it was revealed through certain individuals, but once it was revealed, it was available for all people. You know, and that's the thing the Catholic Church is trying to argue, that that their leadership is the one that has the proper knowledge or controls the Bible, that kind of thing, because others can't understand it. And they're saying that's the way it was originally set up. No, it wasn't. It was originally set up where it went through those individuals, then it was given, and when it was written, it was available, just like you said, Todd, Ephesians 3, that when you read that scripture, you read that revealed information, you can understand it. And on the whole division question that that individual asked, you know, she's got this friend that's that's struggling with the whole, you know, but in, in, in Protestantism, there's so much division. Well, there's division in everything. I mean, that's, that's just the thing. There's division in Islam. There's division in Catholicism. There's division in professed Protestantism. There's division among people that are true Bible New Testament Christians. That, but that is irrelevant as to whether or not the truth exists and it can be ascertained. There you go. That's you it. Know, that's, that, that's a tool of Satan. Well, there's so much yeah. division. Yep, and it stinks because that's a great retardant to people coming to God. But nonetheless, that does not change the fact that there is one truth, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, et cetera, Ephesians 4. And you can understand it. You just got to get in there and dig. So uh, a silly illustration. There are people out there who don't know their multiplication tables. Yeah. That does not mean that multiplication is wrong. That's right. That does not mean that math is a farce. Unbelievers often argue that there's so much division in professed Christianity. Look, I I get it. There is. But there's division in atheism. There's division in agnosticism. There's division at the local bus shop. Everywhere. There is division everywhere where there are two people or more. There's division. And some people, it's just one person. They're divided in their own head. You know, there's division everywhere. That does not negate truth. And so you can just try to encourage that that loved one, that friend, mm-hmm. 
you know, think about these things. God wants all people to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth, 1 Timothy 2, 4. So, you know, he's revealed it. You know, let's study that together. Think about that. That would be a good way, I think, of trying to encourage, like to like empower that friend, that loved one to study more. Like don't get, don't get, don't get off track because there's so much division. And 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 you start studying, you realize I can understand it when I study because I want to and because I'm trying to be careful with what God has written. You can understand hey, it if you do that. Aaron, I don't know what article you're talking about exactly, but I just found the role of the Holy Spirit in understanding Scripture, a perspective on yeah. the Berean example. Yeah, that's the one, the one about the Bereans. They're, yeah, the, the I, Bereans will forever be the example you go to to show that yeah. people who are not, quote-unquote, spiritual can understand the Scripture to yeah. the point where they can use yeah. the Scripture to critique and validate a man who is actually inspired by the Holy Ghost. Yep. Good stuff. <sighs> Todd, you got anything to close with? No, man, that's a good, that's a good close by Aaron. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's yeah. Ju- ju- just division does not mean that there's not a standard. A deviation from a standard does not mean there's not a standard. In fact, the that's division right. shows that there should be a standard. Yep. Amen. Amen. All right. Folks, I really appreciate every one of you. I appreciate Todd Clipper for being with us today. Uh, remember, uh, subscribe on Substack. Uh, we put out an article a day. Todd Clipper put out a really good article. We've got Brandon Myers has put out a good article. Um, we've got a couple of guys lined up in the future to do some articles. Barry Odell's done a good job. Um, if wolves can masquerade as sheep to infiltrate and attack the flock, why shouldn't the sheep? don the guise of wolves to counter and defeat their adversaries. Perhaps this approach could help challenge false beliefs and expose hidden truths. A man at Joel Osteen's church went there preaching. Uh, seems he managed to make some impactful points before being escorted out. Yeah. Wow. I mean, there's uh, the, the, the illustration there is makes my head hurt, but yeah, I, I don't think, um, I don't think there's anything wrong with going up into a place like that and, and seeing how far you can get. But yeah, um, I know that uh, a buddy of ours in school, Eric Harmon, who was bound to a wheelchair, there was somebody that he and somebody else would go to all the Pentecostal 10 events and say, make him walk. Yeah. They, they didn't last long. <laughs> he never, never he still worked, don't walk. Never worked, but they judged his heart and said, you were just he, seeking he just a sign, and you don't have enough faith. I tell you, those fake haters are the most judgmental people in the whole world toward people who sincerely want to be healed. Yeah. They judge well, their got, motives, and they can't. They're, they're, they're inspired by God, so they're able to judge the heart where we can't. Uh-huh. But they just can't prove it with an external sign. It's always something. Uh-huh. Oh, my stomach hurts. Boop, I touched it. You're healed. I'm healed. It's always something yeah. you can't see. You ever notice that? That's it. All right. Let's shut this yeah. thing down. <laughs> God bless every one of you. Remember, if you want to support us monetarily, there's ways to do that. Look at the show notes. And, uh, yeah, just keep subscribing. Keep commenting. We're growing and growing, and it's all because of you. Thank you so much. God bless. Um, And we'll catch you on the flip side.